introduce our guest speaker this morning. Uh, uh, many of you may remember, because uh, uh, Lance has been here a couple of times and done conferences for us, Lance Pitlock is the pastor of the Anaheim Vineyard. Uh, Lance also has served on the Vineyard National Board probably for the ever since there's been a Vineyard National Board. I've known Lance for about 30 years. In fact, Lance was the one who sort of introduced Penny and I and, and those down at Vineyard Columbus, used to be called Christ Community Church, introduced us to the Vineyard and, and helped us come into that, into that movement. The, the thing I appreciate about Lance and have come to see over the, these years of friendship is you know, Lance is one of those individuals here who, who what, he, what he says publicly is what he lives privately. You know, he's a, a man who, who really has that integrity, has that, that solid foundation, that he, he's not just someone who is a leader in the church and is a, a church man. Lance is, he's a Jesus freak. He's just in love with Jesus, and it, and it shows. He's the sort of the liaison between the board and, and myself as, as a regional uh, leader here, and he provides for me both encouragement and accountability. I've so appreciated our friendship, and I, and I know uh, what he shared last night is going to be an encouragement again for you guys this morning. So Lance, thank you so much for coming today, and uh, welcome. We have some books of Lance's out on the, the uh, book card, so you might want to check these out afterwards. Is that better? Okay. Good morning. Thanks for uh, making it nice and warm this morning for me. <laughs> It was uh, 77 when I left California. I had grown, grown, grown. I wasn't going to say anything about that, but I couldn't help myself. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. It's 2015. Can you believe that? Does it just feel like, like I feel like time just keeps going faster and faster? But anyone that's older in the room's going, yeah. The other people are like, oh, no, not really. But yeah. It's uh, been an interesting year in, in my household. Um, both my wife's mom had cancer this year and my uh, father-in-law uh, had a heart attack and then died on Thanksgiving morning at 6 a.m. So it's been one of those years. You know how your life's kind of fairly busy and full and then you add a whole other layer of hospitals and uh, you know, then a living, you know, arrangement. It just, it was a, it was a hard year. But you know what? I, 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 like many of you, I've been through so many different things at this point. I, I've been a believer now for 42 years. I think it's 42, something exactly around that. And I've been through good, really great, wonderful times and really, really hard times. And, and yet God is good, right? God is, God is good no matter what's going on at this moment. And God takes everything in our life and works it together for good. That's what it says in Romans 8, 28. And ultimately that good is not us being comfortable or pain-free, but it's becoming more and more like Jesus as believers. 
That, that is what he's doing in every person's life in this room. It's not, uh, you know, he, he gets at it in different ways depending on who you are. But he's conforming us to the image of his son. So, you know, we started off, as I said, our holidays with my father-in-law dying on uh, Thanksgiving morning. And you know how the weeks fell, that both weeks kind of were killed by the holiday, you know, they, they kind of the holiday fell in the middle of each week, so I actually had quite a lot of time alone, uh, you know, just to reflect and think about the year, think about my life, think about where I want to be next year, and all that kind of reality. And I started thinking about something that I, I never think. I, I think actually part of what Chris, I didn't like about Christmas over the years since I became a believer at 19 was the whole gift-giving thing. You know, it seemed like kind of like overboard. You know, like one gift would be good, but when you get 45 gifts for Christmas, you know, it's like, you know, what, what do you do with that? But my wife was always really into it. Any of you guys relate to that? I want to like write a check and have somebody go buy something or something, but she was always real into it. And my wife is the best gift giver ever. I, I'm traveling this week with this pea coat that I literally asked for like two years ago. And, and uh, two years ago, I, I said to my wife, well, I really like a pea coat. They were popular when I was in junior high school and high school. <laughs> so it was a nostalgia thing. But I also traveled in the cold weather some, so I thought I could use a jacket. So on Christmas morning, I opened my, you know, gifts, gift, uh, and, and there's this pea coat. She found it at a thrift store for $16. <laughs> but just the fact that she would carry that around for two years with her and think about it all the time. And I, I started to think about all the gifts that I had received for Christmas. Do, do you remember any of your, like, favorite gifts? Yeah, I can. Like, okay, this will totally date me, but uh, do you know what a Stingray bike is? Yeah. <laughs> Some of the older ones do anyway. Well, for those of you who are younger, they, were, they like had a banana seat, and they had like really cool handlebars, and mine was metallic blue. You know, whatever metallic blue meant. Like, it, was a, it was real sparkly, and, and I remember that gift on, on Christmas morning. I also remember... Uh, the gift I got when I was in second grade. So obviously these things had significance. So in second grade, this is what happened. I, but first of all, I, I didn't grow up in the church, and I was not a particularly good kid. I was so bad in second grade, they took all my books out of my desk and pointed me toward the back closets and left me there. Mrs. Moon, she was a first-year teacher and didn't know what to do with me. So that year, the whole year, my mom kept saying to me, you're going to get coal for Christmas. If you, if you don't straighten up, you're going to get coal for Christmas. So this, now picture this, a little second grader saying this to his mom. I said, Mom, I can be as bad as I want and I'll still get presents. <laughs> That'll tell you everything you need to know about my personality at that point. So Christmas morning, you know, we, we had a two-story house, and I come bounding down expecting a plentiful thing of, you know, presents, and, and I look, and my stocking looks a little funny. It's flat. And I, we, we always opened our stockings. First, I opened the stocking, 
and there's nothing in it really. I keep digging down. At the bottom of the stocking, there's a hard object. I pull it out. It's a piece of anthracite coal, you know, the real shiny coal. That's all I got for Christmas that year. I had set the lineup, and my mom said, okay, <laughs> that's what we'll do. But we, we all can kind of remember these, these gifts, so I was somehow thinking about gift giving during the holidays, and just kind of reflecting and realizing just something very simple, and I don't know if you ever take time to do this, but that I am so very, very rich. You know, I, I did not grow up in the church. I, I didn't come to know Jesus till I was, like I said, 19. You know, God has taken me all around the world. I, I've gotten to do things I never thought I would do. I mean, if you would have told me when I was in high school I was going to be standing in front of hundreds and thousands of people through the course of my life, I would have just laughed. Um, God, God has been just so amazingly good to me. He's given me so much. First of all, just his son. I mean, just that Jesus found me. And Jesus has radically revolutionized my life. And I just want to say this morning that God is good. No, no matter what you're experiencing this morning, that God is good. And what I was reflecting on is not only is he good, but I know this from the progression of my life. He's actually better than I think he is right now. I don't know what that all means yet, but God is actually better than what, what I'm thinking about him right now because my knowledge of him is only partial at this point. But what started to hit me was not only is he giving me his son, he's giving me the Holy Spirit, which is the greatest gift that God, this is a mind-blowing thing, God lives in me. So who stands before you right now is not just Lance, that's no big deal, but God. God in me, and, and not just me, God in you, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. He's given you the greatest gift of all, himself inside of us. So this is the thought that comes to mind as I'm sitting one day during the holidays in this coffee shop, that God, you are a gift-giving God. That he just gives and gives and gives. And this is the way it works for me. I don't know how it works for you, but God will start bringing scriptures to mind to just kind of remind me, yeah, that's true. Look at this and look at this. And I could, you know, sit here and give you 20 of them this morning. But I just want to read you uh, just, just a couple this morning. Um, the first one is in James chapter 1. Do you guys carry Bibles or is that like not something we do anymore? Okay. That wasn't a put down of you. It's at my church is the same way. People pull out their devices. Then I don't know if they're doing Facebook or, or they're listening to me. And they always swear. I, I was taking notes and looking, you know, checking out what you said. But James is a great verse, so it would be worth meditating uh, upon. He says in verse 16 of James chapter 1, he says, Don't be deceived, my dear brothers, sisters would be included here. Every good and perfect gift is from above, 
Just, just kind of take that in for a second. Every good and perfect gift is from above. Everything good in your life, including your breathing right now, is from God. Every good thing you have. And even the bad things that are in your life right now, He's working together for good, so somehow God manipulates them to become a blessing and a change agent. He says, do not be deceived, my dear brothers. Every good and perfect gift is from above. Listen to this. Coming down from the Father of heavenly lights. That's who God is. He's the God of light, not the God of darkness. Who does not change. Isn't that good to know about God? God does not change. He does not change like shifting shadows. And then he talks about the primary gift that God gives us, which is salvation. He says he chose to give us birth through the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits of all that he created. So he is the giver of every good and perfect gift. The kind of the second verse that came to mind, I'm, not gonna, I'm only going to read you a couple of these, is Romans 8, verse 32. Romans 8 is just packed full of wonderful uh, truth that be worth uh, meditating a month or two or three on. <clears throat> he says this. He says, what then shall we say in response to all this? He's talking about us being called and justified and glorified, all that God's done in us. He says, what then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? I just pause for a minute to tell you a, a, a little story because I think it's, it's important. When, when I was in seminary, one of my New Testament professors was a man named uh, George Ladd. And George Ladd was somebody that the vineyards gained a lot from in terms of our theology uh, of the kingdom of God. And he was usually kind of a crotchety old 80-something-year-old guy, kind of a little bit mean to students, like we'd have to parse Greek verbs in front of him, and then he'd make fun of us, or we'd just somebody would parse it wrong, and he'd put his head down and say, like, why did I come to class today? <laughs> you can imagine how encouraging that was to the student, right? He'd say things like that. But one day, he got all tender, and he stopped and he said, I know you guys are all going in. There's about 150, mostly men in the room. He said, I know you guys are all going into ministry and you should know this, but most of you in this room don't know that God is with you. That's a big deal. Do you know God is with you? The primary gift that God has given to you is his presence in you, among you, that's really, really important. Now, listen to what he says after that. He says, what then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? Yeah, this is the verse that actually came to mind. He says, he who did not spare his own son, obviously a reference to the cross, but gave him us up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? So do, do, you, do you hear the reasoning there? If, if God was willing to go to the cross for you, 
Now, I know, I know sometimes, probably not here, but, you know, we hear pastors describing the physical reality of the cross and how horrible it was, and it was a horrible, horrible way to die. But what Jesus did for us is so much more than that. Think about what he did. He carried all of the sins of all of the people that have ever lived and ever will live. I mean, I, we can't even, it's hard enough dealing with your sins, right? Think about carrying the sins of all the people of all time. That's what he did. He's saying if he was willing to do that, how much more is he just going to you know, give you whatever it is that you need in, in the course of your life? And the question becomes sort of, do, do I live in a way that I expect God to be like this? Or do I kind of think he's going to be stingy? Or do I kind of think he's going to only bail me out when I'm in really bad trouble? But other than that, he kind of leaves me on my own. No, we have a God that wants to interact with us day after day after day. And he does so always in this way, because this is who he is. God is good. God is generous, and God is gracious. God is gracious is a good one for us because it means that we don't get what we deserve. We get what he wants to give to us, how he wants to bless us, how he wants to love on us, how he wants to pour out the height and the depth and the width and the breadth of his love. So, assuming you're buying into what I'm saying, and I'm not saying anything that the scripture is saying, how do we respond to this? Well, on the one side, it frees us up to kind of ask for what we want, right? That's what the scripture tells you to do. It says, ask and it'll be given, seek and you'll find, knock and the door will be... On the other hand, there's times where, honestly, I don't need anything. I'm just at the point in my life, I'm 61, I have pretty much everything I need. People ask me, what should I get you for the Christmas or this or that? I, I, I literally don't know. I wanted a peacoat. Oh, for whatever odd reason, I, I wanted one. But normally, I, I just don't know. But you're free to ask for what you want. There's all sorts of things in this room that you guys need. I just want to encourage you, go, go for it. Ask, seek, knock, ask God for what you want. So we respond in two ways. One is, as the Father of lights, we respond in awe, like, God is amazing. On the other hand, we want to live in this regular reality of thanksgiving. Do you know thanksgiving is important to God? You know how we originally went wrong? It says, talks about this in Romans 1. is We didn't acknowledge God for who he is, and we didn't give him thanks. If we want to be an ongoing kind of right relationship with God, we have to learn to give thanks. And here's the deal. I think all of us who are mentally right want joy in our life. Here's something that I've learned over the years that's really precious to me is that thanksgiving is the door to joy. If you want to know a practice that you can do, that you can cooperate with day to day, that will lead you into a place of joy. It's, it's regularly giving thanks. My, my habit now is, 
my goal, I, I don't always achieve this, but almost every day, I, I at least speak five words of thanksgiving to God every day. Just stop and acknowledge what I have. It's, it takes me literally like a minute to do this. And I would just encourage you, if it's not that something that you build into your pattern, this recognition that God is the giver of every good and perfect gift and that we give him thanks. You know, as it says, it says in the Psalms, forget not, you know, forget not all his benefits. Uh, I didn't read this last night, but this will be a bonus. I, I, I felt to read this this morning as we kind of move toward the, the close of all of this. This is, Psalm 103 is one of my favorite Psalms. I would highly recommend it to you. And it's kind of right up the alley of what we're talking about. We remember who he is, that's all, or praise. It's kind of what we were doing before. We remember what he does, that's, that's gratitude. But look at Psalm 103, if you have a Bible, this will be the last thing I'll have you turn toward. Right? We, we used to have a vineyard song that we sang a lot that was this, basically this psalm. This is... He says, praise the Lord, O my soul, and all my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and this is what I want you to see, and forget not all his benefits. God's people often forget what God himself has promised to be to us. For instance, some of you are worried and anxious about your life and your future, and God says, the Lord is my shepherd, you shall not want. What if we just believe that? So he says, don't forget all my benefits, and then he lists, which is just a very, very partial list. He's not trying to list all God's benefits. It'd be a whole other book. But he says, <laughs> well, I could just stop right here, who forgives all your sins. How many of you know that's a pretty good deal? <laughs> How many of you know and are aware of that you sin every day? Yeah, the rest of you are in denial, but that's okay. Or didn't want to raise your hand because you don't cooperate with anything I'm going to do. He says, who, who forgives all your sins, and then he says, who heals all your diseases. That's a pretty open invitation, isn't it? He say, when, when you're sick, you come to me. I'm a healing God. Who redeems your life from the pit. What pit did you come out of? I could describe my pit. It wouldn't be particularly edifying. Crowns you with love and compassion. You know, one of the ongoing day-to-day -day senses that God wants us to have, and this is a gift from him, is, Lance, you are my beloved. Do you believe that about yourself? I don't care if you believe it about me. <coughs> that the God of the universe somehow is all concerned about my life. Do you believe that? Here's the deal. You know how we, you know, in the Old and New Testament talks about the God of Abraham, the God of David, the God of Moses, the God of da-da-da. He's also the God of Lance. 
I don't mean that in any kind of haughty way. It's true of every single person in this room. Fill in your name. He wants us to walk around through our lives with this sense that God is with me in everything that I do. When I go places, I don't go alone. And here's a good one. Not only does he crown us with love and compassion, wants us to walk around like the beloved, but he says, who satisfies your desires. Desires is, is beyond just our needs, right? We have desires that are not, we don't need that, but we have desires, and God even meets us in that realm. He says, and then here's a good one for those of us who are growing a little older. He says that your youth is renewed like the eagle's. How many of you feel like you could need some renewal at this point in your life? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, that's sort of my daily reality. I wake up going, this day looks really long. <laughs> I didn't feel like that when I was in my 20s. But, you know, we could go on and on and on with this. What if you believed that God was so good that he delights in giving you gifts? That'd be a pretty good way to walk around, right? Like, I'm just waiting for the next time that God's going to bless me. He's going to bless my church. He's going to bless my friends. Actually, he's the ultimate friend. He, you know, there's a, a bad term that we use in California. I don't know if it's around here, friends with benefits. Do you know what that term means? It's not a nice term. I'm not going to tell you. But God's, in a good sense, our friend with all these benefits that he wants us to remember and live in the reality of. So good news, not only is he that once for us, he's not just that on the day of our salvation, that's the ongoing reality. He continues to be this gift-giving God. His mercies literally are new every morning. Therefore, you... Like it says in Psalm 23, you shall not want. And we can entrust ourselves to his ongoing care. We can cast our anxieties upon him, knowing that he's working everything together for good. So, you know, where does that leave us? It just leaves me in a simple place that for however many years I have left, and I'm honestly amazed that I got to 61. I, I thought I would be out of here around 40 and I won't describe all why, but I just want to live right now as a humble recipient of all that God has for me. And it's been good for the last 42 years. I have no reason to believe it's not going to be good for the next however many years I have. I want to be a humble recipient. I want to live as a grateful person, and I want to live among a grateful people. And, you know, I... I was reflecting on some of this because I'm going to do a regional retreat for some of the pastors in the area next week. Um, my first meetings with all the vineyard pastors were seven of us sitting in a room together. And God took that little group of people, some of which aren't even here anymore, and spread this thing called the vineyard you know, all over the world. I think we're in like 60 countries or something like that this at this point so I'm grateful and I don't know your history 
but I hope you can kind of dial down a little bit in this season as we begin this year and think, what, what has God done for me? And how has he been this gift-giving God? And am I living in a place of awe of who God is and living in a place to receive? Now, I, I just, I, I feel led to kind of close with this story. And this story will seem a little bit odd, but it shows how far God will go to bless us. So I have a young friend, early 20s, named Sal. And <laughs> Sal wakes up in the morning, puts his feet on the ground, looks to the side of his bed, and there's a card there. Now, we, we give out these cards when we do evangelism projects in the area. But he had never received this card from anybody. So he looks down, he looks at it, and it's a card that says something about God loves you. And then on the back, it has our address and a little map to the church, right? So he picks it up. He goes, that's weird. I don't remember anybody giving me this. Rips it up, throws it in the trash. Okay. He walks into the kitchen. He's getting ready for work. Walks into the kitchen. That card's sitting on the counter. This is a really bizarre story. I'm just kind of... It's sitting on the counter. So he looks at it and he says to his brother who lives with them, where'd this card come from? He goes, I, I don't know. I never saw that card before. Rips it up, throws it in the trash. Goes, gets dressed, comes back out, opens his wallet. The card's in the wallet. This sounds like a magic trick, right? Card's in the wallet. So now his, you know, his interest has gotten... So uh, Sal, that night, we have this thing called Seek, which is kind of like an alpha. You know, it's for new people that are exploring the faith. He comes there that night, and he, he gets there before everybody else. And we have, like you guys do, brochures all, you know, on the inside of the church. And, and he finds one that has my story on it and how I was called to Long Island. And there's a description of this kind of uh, vision that I had and so he takes that and he takes it to the leader of Sikh and he says to him he goes let me tell you what happened to me today he tells the story of the cards this guy doesn't know anything so it's a he goes I think what happened to that guy that went to Long Island he goes you mean Lance he goes yeah Lance that that happened to me today well before he left that night he was saved and I'm thinking God you're good, but you're kind of weird. You know, it's like, why would you do it like that? And who knows why? But think about how interested God was in giving Sal the gift of salvation. Now, that's probably not how it happens with most of us, right? But my point is this, and I hope you just catch this one little truth. God loves to give gifts to people. The first thing he wants to give to you is this gift of salvation, of actually knowing him, of having a real relationship with the real and living God. And if you don't have that, you know, there's people here this morning that could help you to begin that, to start that. But God's names are all corresponding to our needs. So whatever it is that you need this morning, if you need healing, 
Well, God's the God who heals. You need provision. God's the God who provides. You need protection. He's our shield. I mean, that could go on and on with this. But this morning, you know, we don't want to leave this place without bringing our needs to God and asking Him as the good God that gives gifts to men and women and children to give us what we need because that's what he keeps saying to us in his word. His word isn't written for him. It's written for us. His names are not about him. They all correspond to our needs. So in a minute, you know, as, as I pray, um, you could, you know, if you, you want to start a relationship with Jesus, I, I, I can honestly say this. In receiving Jesus that when I did at 19 was the best thing that ever, ever. It's not even like, you know, it's like, it's not even in the ballpark of anything else. And like I said, Jesus keeps, just keeps getting better. I mean, he's not actually getting better. He's the same. But, 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 but I'm realizing more and more how good he is and how generous he is and how much he wants to bless us and how we don't need really to worry about the future. Many of you in this room are worried about the future. You don't kind of know how it's going to all wind up and come down, particularly those of you who are older. We can trust him when we're kids. We can trust him when we're adults. And he says an interesting thing to us. He says, you know, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Is it like this for you? There's lots in my life that I can't wrap my mind around. I don't know why is this is happening the way it's happening. Never mind in the bigger picture of the world. But God, I'm here this morning just saying very simply and humbly, I hope, that God loves you, that he, he wants to bless you, <coughs> And I'd just like to spend a moment pray, pray for you. Let's just bow our heads together. Jesus, I thank you for who you are. Thank you that you don't want to just uh, act in our lives once or twice or three times, but that you continue to give and give again, love, love again, forgive, forgive again, renew and renew again. And Lord, I, I ask that you would give us uh, simple humility to receive. You say that, you know, you give grace those who are humble. You resist those who are proud. We just want to say we understand we need you. We love you. We appreciate all that you do for us. And Lord, I just invite you to come. Come, Holy Spirit, and give appropriate gifts to your people, each and every one. 
thank you for your presence here, Lord. You know, some of you, things are just really rapidly coming to mind. I need this in my life right now. Some of you feel like sort of like God's almost reminding you of those things that you need. Um, I'm just going to ask that you would kind of get up from where you are and come to the front. We will have people come alongside you to uh, begin to pray for you and, and bless you. Um, feeling a kind of a sense of pain in my lower left back um, that I think is, uh, there's a number of you here that struggling with uh, lower back issues. If you'd come, we'd be happy to come alongside you and pray for healing. What, whatever it is, whatever kind of pain that's in your life right now, remember, He is the Lord that heals all our diseases. So just if you just would... Um, why don't we all stand, and those of you who want to come forward, come. come. Some of you are being drawn by the Father uh, toward Jesus, and it would be our real privilege to come alongside you and pray for you this morning if you want to know God in, in His fullness. Um, just... At these moments, there's something important that happens. There's fear that happens because we're a little embarrassed to walk out in front of a bunch of people. Don't let that stop you from walking out in faith because the other reality is we step through. There is never a time in our life where there's no fear. There's only the stepping through fear that is what faith really looks like. So I just want to encourage you, that if you have need this morning, don't leave this place on the way home going, oh, I wish I would gotten prayer. Come, and, and, and we'll, we'd love to come alongside you and, and pray for you. So, yeah. Let's make sure that everybody that's at fr up front has someone praying for them. Also, the Lord gave me a picture. I had a similar one last night that... Uh, th this morning, though, I saw a person who was driving down the street, and they were just staring, staring at the rearview mirror. Now, I believe what the Lord is saying is that, that for, for some of us, maybe many of us, the way we are approaching and moving on in our lives is, is by trying to avoid or escape or uh, we're, ju we're just preoccupied with things that have, have happened in, in the past. Rather than being able to see where God's taking us, we're trying to get away from or avoid something that has, has gone on or circumstances or experiences. And, and the Lord wants just to, to, this morning, help you to, to shift your focus so that it's, that doesn't consume your life, dealing with the past, escaping the past, avoiding its repeating in, in your life, but that you can be looking forward at what He has for you. Does that make sense? If that, if you can identify with that, if maybe there are situations in your life that have just really been hard to move beyond, I want to invite you to come forward too. And, and as always, if you are here with any kind of need, physically or spiritually or emotionally, come forward. Make sure you get prayer for that this morning. Okay? Come on up.
Just bless what you're doing right now. Come, just freely work in our lives. Put your finger on those areas that you want to bring your light, your healing, your wholeness, your truth and love. I really do believe the Lord's here with, with power for healing. 
is there a person here who's having uh, pain in your in your hands, your wrists, your lower arms? I don't know if it's carpal tunnel. Who is that? Raise your hand. Over here, maybe someone just standing by the gal in the green jacket. You could just reach out, put your hand on her shoulder, and ask God to bring healing. Anyone else? Right back here. Make sure someone just turns and, and prays with her. Also, is there a couple of other things. Sometimes the Lord will give sympathetic pains. He'll give a pain that I know doesn't belong to me, but it's just an indication of what God wants to maybe do in some of you. But, you know, is there a person... It's in the right ankle, just a, a tenderness in, in your right ankle in particular. Who's that? Just raise your hand. Okay. Don't come up to me in the pastor's welcome and say that was me. Father, what else do you want to do? Um, I just had a quick word that um, I in particular feel it's a woman, but I just, I had the word see, S-E-E, like written across someone. And I just felt like the Lord, there's someone here in the room, you just feel like you've not been seen. And the Lord wants you to know particularly today that he sees you and he knows you by name. And even as Lance was talking, it was, your heart was kind of, you know, I want to believe that. I want to hope for that. But just right now, the Lord says, I do see you and I know you by name. So if that's you, I just encourage you to get prayer. And just as, as Pam was sharing, there, there's a, I know there's a condition called TMJ. I think it's pain sort of in the face and the jaw. Raise your hand if, if you suffer from that. Right over here. Anyone else? Maybe someone right around can just lay your hands on her and just ask God to bring healing there. Just take that pain away. Just speak to the pain and just tell it to go. Father, we thank you so much that you see us, you know us. As Lance said, that you, you hold back nothing good. Come and just invade our lives, infiltrate our lives, our families, this church. Just let us be a people who, who follow you. We thank you for your tenderness and your power. Come have your way with us, Lord. In Jesus' name. God's people said, amen. If you're getting prayer, go ahead and continue. Otherwise, God bless you. I think we have some uh, Skyline chili and cupcakes and so on for sale to help a uh, uh, young adult raise money for a mission trip to Costa Rica. So we have some early lunch, late breakfast, very early dinner, and uh, support that good, good cause. Uh, sign up for equip class, men's breakfast, and the uh, divorce care. We'll see you next week. God bless you all.